is the EWN Podcast Network. Hey, Beauty Boss. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauty Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Day, and the CEO of Beauty Boss Network, your go-to community for access to information, insights, guidance, networking, and live events. Beauty Boss Network. On today's podcast, I'm bringing in a good friend of mine. Jen Collins is someone I got the pleasure of meeting just three, maybe four years ago. And since then, Jen has quickly risen to the top. She was raised in the South for most of her life. And then Jen always dreamed of leaving the country behind and living a fast-paced life in the city. So after moving to Los Angeles and discovering the beauty, vibrancy, and diversity of the city, she began her professional career of shooting cosmetic campaigns and beauty editorials for top brands and international publications, including LUS, El Malaysia, Vogue, Germany, L'Officiel, Ukraine, Marie Claire, Indonesia, and Glimmer, Mexico, and Germany. Additionally, she's shot campaigns for amazing cosmetic brands like ColourPop Cosmetics, Kylie Cosmetics, Hourglass Cosmetics, and a few more that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Jen's attention to detail, clean lining, and modern approach to beauty has helped her establish herself in the industry in a very, very short amount of time. And she divides her time now between LA and San Francisco, living her best life and doing the damn thing. I am so inspired by this hustler and cannot wait to share her story and her secrets to climbing to the top and doing it in lightning speed. So without further ado, let's welcome onto the podcast, the one and only amazing beauty photographer and personal friend of mine, Jen Collins. So Jen, thank you so much for joining me on the Beauty Boss podcast. I always love to start every show by finding out how you started. And I think that, you know, every single thing we go to kind of guides us. So I want to know about like, what's your very first like ever job ever? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so I'll just start from like the very, very beginning, not even like my first job. Cause <laughs> frankly, my first job was like three years ago. That was like my first ever campaign. No, it was like two and a half years ago. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so if we're going way, way back, um, I was living in Arkansas at the time with my family and I was in high school and I started just borrowing my mom's camera to take, you know, the basic 16 year old, like flower photos and landscape and, you know, just kind of like getting a feel for photography as a whole. But I mean, everything was auto at that time. It was like, Oh, I just feel like I like photographing flowers. Um, my parents kind of, they really have always encouraged me no matter what I've wanted to do. They're like, okay, you're going to go full into it. We're going to help, you know, like really push you and and see if this is something you want to do. So when they saw that I was, you know, actually enjoying photography, they were like, okay, let's get her, her first DSLR camera, which was a Nikon at the time. Um, I shoot Canon now, but at the time it was Nikon. Um, so I started taking more, I guess you could say high-end photos of flowers, but they, they were like, we should submit these to the county fair. And I'm like, please no. Like, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I was really uncomfortable with it at the time, but they were like, Jen, we really should submit these. They ended up getting like blue ribbon, which my understanding is good, um, at the (laughs) county fair. And so it was, it was a really good boost for my, um, just my confidence in the field. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe I'm actually not too bad at this. Um, so as years went by in high school, I just took like pictures of my friends and, you know, just kind of like dappled around in different types of photography. But I always told myself that I would never fully take pictures of like people as a living or like portraits. Cause at the time I thought that this is literally what I said at like 18 years old. I'm like, no, a face is a face. Like how, how creative can someone get with like a picture of a person? You know, I just, at that time I always thought landscape and wildlife photos were going to be kind of my, my niche. Um, little did I know that like, you know, seven years later I would be focusing solely on beauty, but 
Um, yeah. So at that point, once I graduated high school, I did some darkroom classes, really got into photography, and then I decided to go into art school. Um, so I did online at Academy of Art University, which is based in San Francisco. Did that online for like two and a half years. Um, wasn't really enjoying it. Wasn't really feeling like I was being pushed to my full extent of what I could learn. So once I moved um, to LA, I'm kind of like flying through this like history really quick. It's kind of just oh, like, I'm just cramming in the whole timeline. Um, so I eventually moved to LA. This was four years ago. I moved to LA and, um, quit school and just started like assisting photographers and really just setting out on my own to, to learn and to build. Um, and that's when I really started like getting into beauty and fashion and, and really exploring other facets other than just, you know, still life or flowers or landscape. So that's kind of the nitty gritty of it all. That's so cool. So how did you like discover your love for photography? You mentioned your mom had a camera. So was she into it and it just kind of came from being around it or it just, um, it's yeah. So no one in my family really studied photography except for my, my grandfather on my mom's side did, but I wasn't super close to him. So I, I don't think it was something that I really picked up from him. He had a bunch of old film cameras that got passed down to me, which is a really cool, you know, kind of like token from, from his time. Um, but as far as like, I think I've just always kind of had an artistic background. I used to paint, I used to play the flute. And like I said, my parents have always just like promoted that in me. They've always been, you know, like whatever you want to set your sights on, we're going to, we're going to help make sure that that's like a reality for you, which I'm so grateful for because a lot of people don't have that, you know, they don't have someone who supports them at a young age to pursue like an artistic skill set, um, especially with, you know, not to get political, but things changing in the school system now where arts and, and creative fields are being cut and funding is being cut. I think it's even more important to have, yeah, I mean, it's even more important to have a family who supports that and promotes that. So, um, I think for me, it was mostly starting out with like an artistic background in painting. Um, and then I just realized, okay, I'm maybe not so great at painting, but I'm actually pretty good with a camera. So it was just kind of like shifting my focus from a realistic standpoint of something that I was actually good at. Very interesting. Yeah. I love that. And not to get religious, you're over here getting political. Right. <laughs> what a blessing though, to have no, yeah. with that. Because to your point, you know, so, so many families you know, kind of don't. I even remember when I wanted to like be, you know, an actress and at the beginning, I think it's like the protective piece of the family that's kind of yeah. like, Are you sure. <laughs> you don't want right. to be a doctor. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was so nervous with that when I told my parents that I wanted to go to art school, like an actual art college, um, which looking back on it now, I'm not sure that was truly the right decision for me, but they were supportive in the sense that they were like, you know what, you're you're mature, you know what you want. If this is what you want to set your sights on, do it. They never once were like, no, you should probably go to business school. You should probably do something more, you know, realistic or whatever you want to call it. They they were just like, Hey, if this is what you want to do, then, you know, we'll, we'll help you make it a reality, which I mean, yeah, is a huge blessing. I'm, I'm so grateful to this day that I have the family I do because even in my tough times in this industry, they're just right there. And they're like, keep pushing, keep, you know, keep going. And that's, I, I don't think I would be here doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for them. That's so beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, school might've not been the best decision for you and you had quit school to really pursue photography on your own. So what kind of brought you to that conclusion? So school is tough, especially when it comes to an art degree, because, with the industry now and with social media, people don't really care what your education is. They care more about your portfolio or who you've worked with or who you know. Um, and with school, it really, it taught me the discipline to meet deadlines and to, to really, you know, hone in on a particular set of skills that I had with photography. But as a whole, I don't feel like it taught me 
what I need to know about photography that the real world was teaching me. So for example, like contracts and invoices and, you know, how to build relationships and how to network. I mean, there's only so much school can teach you and it wasn't teaching me that. Um, and I remember the last class I took when I realized, okay, this is, this is not teaching me what I need to learn that's relevant now. Cause you know, the industry is always changing and technology is always changing. And, mm. and the last class I took was an advanced retouching course and they literally said, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start out with this image. We're going to blur the skin. Then we're going <laughs> yes. to blur the skin and then we're going to pull it back and add grain. That way there's still some skin texture left. And I just, I remember feeling so empty because it was like, I know that this isn't right. And I know that there's better outlets for me to learn this than, than spending, you know, $2,500 per class to learn this. Like, so, you know, I, I can't quality retouching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And then like, you know, it's, it's hard because like, I want to learn from people that I look up to and I want to learn from people who are relevant in the industry and are constantly pushing themselves to grow. And some of um, the people that were teaching, and I mean, this isn't to discredit anyone that was teaching at the time, but like, you know, they, they hadn't really done anything since like the eighties or, you know, maybe weren't quite as up to date on like, yeah, on the industry and, and all of the things that had changed. And I think that's a huge part of it too, staying current and what, and what is going on in the industry and with retouching and with technology and with just the overall look. I mean, everything's changing constantly and you have to keep up with that to stay relevant. And I think I just realized at a point like, okay, they're maybe not as relevant as they should be. Um, and the methods are teaching me are definitely not right. And they're a little outdated. So why don't I just quit and just kind of pursue this on my own in the real world with people who are like, in it and learning and growing and working, you know? So I think that's, that's smart. Yeah. And obviously yeah. it worked for you. <laughs> I did. I mean, yeah, I was, I was super grateful to learn from some people who, you know, are still top of their tier in in photography. And it was, it was a good learning experience just to, to be next to people who had onset experience. Whereas like, when I was learning online, I mean, half of that is my fault because online you can't, you don't have hands-on experience. So right. all of the lighting and everything I had to go buy on my own and learn on my own and just watch videos on how to like, this is a strobe. You turn the strobe on like that. Like, that's just not, it's not a very, like, it, it's just not a great way to learn something very technical. So to have the technical aspect taught to me on set with people who are actually working was um, totally invaluable. So. Absolutely. So yeah. let me ask you this. You said you want to learn from people who you look up to. It sounds like you really sought them out and got mentors. So it's a two part question. Number one, yeah. who are some of the people that you really looked up to and how did you get your foot in the door to reach out to them? Cause so many people uh, within our community want to know, you know, will you mentor me or how can I get a mentor? How can I, mm -hmm. and it's, it, it, it can be kind of a tricky road to navigate, especially because it is such a hot industry and so many people are fighting for that spot. So what advice would you give to somebody that's kind of trying to seek that same, that, that, that same route? Yeah. So some of the people I look up to now are definitely top beauty photographers like, um, Ben Hassett. He's one of the world's best beauty photographers hand down. Um, there's Bard Lund who I'm grateful to share the board with at, um, my agency, ADB agency in New York. Um, so it's, it's amazing just kind of like being in his shadow, so to speak. Um, there's Yulia Garbenchko who, I hope I'm not butchering her last name. I probably am, but she's incredible. <laughs> she, um, she's shot up really quick and she just has like a modern clean, um, just approach to beauty, which I think is really fresh and, and awesome. But, um, as far as like getting a mentor, it's, it's tough because, you know, everyone wants to learn from someone who has already done it, who's already been there. But I think sometimes getting into the ground floor with someone who is just starting to find their footing in the beauty industry is a great way to learn without being so overwhelmed. Because sometimes like with bit, bigger photographers, um, they're so caught up in, in their own, you know, kind of like journey and current position in the beauty industry that they, they don't really 
how can I put this? Like they, they don't really value having an apprentice or an intern or someone that they can teach. Whereas, you know, if, if there's someone who's still kind of like getting their footing, but is on a good trajectory that you can get in with, it's good for you both to grow at at a good pace, you know? And I, I try to have that same approach with like my teams too. Like I want to work with teams that will help enhance my work and, and help me grow. But at the same time, I know that I need to help them grow and I need to make sure that we're both benefiting each other, you know? And I think the same as with a mentor, don't, don't reach out to, you know, the top photographer in the world, start in your community, start in your area and just kind of build up from there because, um, ultimately it needs to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And, um, and I think, sometimes people who are so high up on the ranking, it's not going to be beneficial for them. So they probably won't value the time with you as much as you would with them. And you want to make sure that it's beneficial. So that would, I don't know if that's helpful, but that would be my advice. I think that that's amazing advice because it's so true. You do, you want it. The mutually beneficial advice is so key and kind of starting with someone in your community is not only realistic, but it's attainable for you. Yeah. And And I always say too, you know, because there comes a point, I feel like, and I'm sure you're in this space now, you kind of spoke to it, like you, you do want to make sure that you're paying it forward and that you're giving, and it feels good to give and it feels good to share the knowledge that you've acquired, but there's this really fine line, really, really fine line. And it's like this point where it's like, okay, one second you're giving, but then you cross that fine line and it doesn't feel like giving anymore. It just feels like you're being taken. Yeah recognizing that, you know, yeah, you're, this person's mentoring you, but you do need to bring something to the table. Yeah. It's really important and eye-opening because I don't think a lot of people seeking a mentor really think from that perspective. Right. Of course not. I mean, that's, and I've seen it firsthand where when I first moved to LA, I assisted a photographer on set and it was, for me, I wasn't bringing anything to the table. Let's be honest. I went in thinking, I'm just going to learn everything. But instead, because I wasn't bringing anything to the table, I was kind of pushed to the sidelines because he was busy. He was busy making, you know, his work and his, his, you know, business work. And meanwhile, I was just kind of the person that was like, oh, I'm here, you know, like, um, and I think if I, if I had shown up with a skill set and been like, you know, look, I'm new, but I'm really, really headstrong. I'm really good at this or this or this, you know, then he may have utilized that more, but instead, because I just came in kind of like a sponge, which is good, but also not really knowing my place. I, I, I was just kind of pushed to the sidelines and was left like getting mail, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. You don't really like learn much when you go to get mail, but, it, but if I had said to him, you know, look, um, I'm really, I'm really passionate about like beauty and I want to learn more about like posing or something. He could be like, Oh, okay, great. Well, let's get on set. Let's kind of show you like different poses. But meanwhile, I want you to kind of help set up the lights and, and kind of learn how to, how to, you know, be a helping hand on set rather than just being like, a fly on the wall. So I think yeah. I've kind of learned that just through my own experiences that like it needs to be mutually beneficial for everyone. Cause the last thing you want is someone who like, for me, I, you know, if, if someone wanted to be an intern or apprentice with me, I, I would definitely want someone who is passionate in the beauty realm, not just someone who is like, I just want to learn photography. It's like, well, you know, I, there's only so much I can teach you in a general sense about photography, but if you're really passionate about beauty, then let's get you in here. Let's, you know, let's work together to see if we can find a good balance for, for what we're both trying to grow in. So that's, yeah. Do you have any, like, do you have any um, pet peeves of your own when it comes to somebody on set? Maybe that's, you know, kind of, kind of in continuum of what you're talking about. Uh, is there anything that just really rubbed you the wrong way when you bring in someone new on set? Um, yeah, I mean, I think just bad attitudes, bad energy is, is really what kind of kills it for me. Like I've been on set with people who, who I was helping out and had terrible, terrible manners on set and terrible energy. And, um, sorry, my cat is playing with a toy. Hope you can't hear that. Um, (laughs) who is like, um, just, just a nasty mean person and like that 
really kills the vibe for everyone on set. It's hard to be creative and to be productive when one person is kind of like bringing down the energy. I'm, I'm really big on that, like not to sound, you know, hippie or whatever, but it's a big it's a big thing. Like I, I want to make sure that my team is having fun and that the people, my assistants are in a good mood and having fun, you know, and that, um, that we can all be productive and and creative. So that's, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's just like people being cranky for no reason or like just kind of bringing the mood down for everyone. You know, I, I get that we all have bad days and we all have our, our moods that we're in, you know, that's, we're human. We're not robots, but knowing when to leave that at the door and when to kind of like come in with an open mind and, 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 you know, like an open heart and to know that what we're, what we're making in the moment can last forever. And you don't want your stamp on that to be a negative experience because that's going to be read in the photo. I mean, there's photos of mine that I don't share because I know that in the moment, maybe I wasn't having a great day or I wasn't, you know, really putting my emotions out the door like I should have. And I can read that in the photo. People, other people may not, but I can read that, you know? And, and for me, I just don't, I think I learned early on that I don't want to leave that mark on something that's so permanent. You know, I, I want, I want the whole experience across the board to be really good. So that's, that's kind of my biggest pet peeve. I love that. Do you, I know a lot of our listeners um, are makeup artists and hairstylists and people that could only dream of being selected to work on a set with you. So what do you um, look for in, you know, makeup artists and hairstylists and uh, what are some of your biggest no-nos? Yeah. So um, I get this question a lot and I think it's, it goes hand in hand with what I was saying earlier is that it needs to be mutually beneficial, but beyond that, it needs to be, um, I look for team members who can push my work and help me grow. I mean, um, it's great to work with the same teams and to grow with those people, but at the same time, you need to push your business and your, um, your expertise. So the people around you should be pushing as well. And, and sometimes that means maybe not working with someone after a while, because like maybe, you know, they've pushed as much as they can, but you're, you're kind of excelling beyond what they can provide. Um, so it's, it's about finding mutually beneficial, um, teams that are working at a level that you want to work at, you know? So, I really look for people who are, you know, just doing work that I aspire to do, you know, and that's not saying I'm, I'm like reaching out to teams or vice versa that are like, you know, Pat McGrath or anything like I'm, you know, I'm talking about people in my own community who are doing really strong work that I'm like, okay, this is going to excel my book. This is what I need to grow. Um, and of course I've got my go-to girls that, because I typically have girls on my team, um, that I, that I go to and that I've grown with, which I'm really lucky to have. But, um, yeah, it's just about constantly seeing if the work is going to be beneficial to me and if my work is going to be beneficial to them, because there's nothing worse than like, you know, people may think, oh, I need more beauty in my book, but it's like, okay, but your, your strength is clearly lifestyle work. So maybe just kind of focus more on like a lifestyle aspect with more lifestyle photographers instead of trying to get, you know, every type of, um, look in your book, you know, like really focus on your strengths. And I'll be honest with people, like, you know, if I feel like they really excel at, um, you know, really heavy makeup and very dramatic, dark stuff, which I don't typically shoot, then I'll just be honest with them and be like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I would benefit you. And I'm not sure that like your look would really benefit my book, but let's, you know, let's talk about maybe other photographers who I can recommend you to that would help grow that because, um, you know, I don't want to waste anyone's time and I know what my strengths are and I know what my focus is. And I, you know, there's nothing worse than like going to a shoot and realizing, oh my God, this is, you know, this doesn't fit. This doesn't, yeah, you know, it doesn't fit my aesthetic or whatever. Um, so I would just hate to waste anyone's time with that. But as far as like no-nos, um, maybe this is just a me thing because I've talked to other people about it and they don't seem too bothered, but I really hate when people email me black and white photos to show me like their makeup. Um, <laughs> for me, that's like, 
Um, and it's great because I mean, I love black and white images. I think they're beautiful, but, but at the moment when you're trying to show me your makeup skills and like, I want to see your color theory, I want to see your, your color matching. I want to make sure that your tones are, are good for the skin tone and, you know, working in the image. And for me, like sure, a black and white image can show a great lip line or whatever, but, but I need to see colors and blending. And, you know, it's just, so for me, that's a big no, no is just sending a photographer, a black and white image, um, for like your makeup examples. That's just, for me, that doesn't make much sense. Um, another no, no hair shot and it's like cropped out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, okay, you know, that's great. Um, another no, no is just like, I think, I think I sometimes get inquiries from people who don't really seem to get a grasp of what I shoot. I think a lot of people need so much in their book. Like, um, beauty is, I'm really grateful because it's a niche that doesn't have a lot of photographers, but every like, you know, hair and makeup need beauty in their book. That's what makes, you know, the most money for, um, advertising it seems is, is beauty. So everyone wants beauty in their book, but that doesn't mean just cause I'm a beauty photographer that I excel at every aspect of beauty. You know, I've got very specific, um, things that I shoot. And sometimes I'll get inquiries from people who are like, Oh, I see you shoot beauty. Can we, you know, can we do a glam shoot and this and that? And it's like, well, you know, if you looked at my portfolio, you, you'd see that I don't really do glam. I, I do skin. I do more editorial. I do more, you know, like it's a blend of commercial meets editorial. So, um, you know, I don't really do like Instagram makeup. I don't do harsh brows and contour. Um, so I'll get people who are like, Oh, here's my, here's my work. I'd love to work together. But it's like, you know, their makeup may be beautiful, but it's not, it just goes back to the beneficial thing. It's not beneficial for me. It wouldn't be beneficial for them. So it's like, I I think for me, just to, just taking the time to research who you're reaching out to and making sure that it's, it's viable for both parties to be working together, I think is, is a huge, um, it's just a huge point in, um, in making sure that that's a success because I get a lot of inquiries that it's like, well, we don't really, I'm sure that we would get along great on set, but like our work doesn't really correspond well, you know? And right. so I don't know, that's just my, not to say that I'm like shutting everyone down, like, nope, sorry, your work doesn't fit with mine, <laughs> but you know, it's like, I've got to be smart about it. I, I pay for my shoots out of pocket, like all of my editorials I pay for out of pocket. So I have to be really smart in, in planning this and making sure that it's, you know, a, a beneficial thing for me in my book. Absolutely. Are you a speaker who has an inspiring, insightful message that will help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? If the answer is yes, we invite you to become a pro member of the eWomen Speakers Network. We have over 500,000 women connected through 118 chapters spread across North America. We're looking for speakers to share their wisdom and breakthrough ideas. Go to eWomenNetwork.com and join our speakers network. The benefits for pro speakers are incredible. Go to eWomenNetwork.com. Jen and I met, how many years ago was it, Jen? We met, I feel like it was like two and a half or three. Oh, was that it? I feel like it was longer though, but you're right. It couldn't have been five years ago. It was definitely more like three yeah. years ago. And, um, and I was coming to LA and, you know, much like many of the hopefuls loved your work, reached out. I was like, I would love to test while I'm in town. And thankfully we had synergistic aesthetics. And so yes. Yeah. Through a test together. And uh, I've had the opportunity to work with you a couple of times. And you mentioned before um, we started that that was when you had really first started shooting beauty. And I just, I feel like, you know, even then you were really clear on your aesthetic and your niche. And I'm curious, like, was that something that you were, you knew, like you just knew what you liked from the beginning or did it take you some time as a, after focusing on beauty to really develop your signature look? I feel like I never saw you struggle with that. So I <laughs> Thank you. That's really nice because I, I feel like I'm still struggling with it. Like finding your identity in anything in life, in your work, in whatever, it's really hard. It's hard to like pinpoint because, you know, we're like 
humans are constantly changing creatures. We're, right. we're never the same person that we were yesterday. And it's, it's hard to like pinpoint that, that style. But for me, I think I've always been a control freak. Um, and knowing, you know, I, I, I at the time, so I don't look as at as much inspiration now as I did then, but I think then I had a very clear idea of like, okay, this is what I want my work to look like. This is what I strive to be at. Um, and so at that point I was looking at so much inspiration online and in magazines and, and really just, you know, flooding my, um, my bedroom and my office was just like all of these clipped out magazine clippings and, you know, really researching what I want it to look like. But, um, I think now it's, it's really like, I feel like I've found a niche in my work that I feel happy with. Like I, I know what I want out of myself. I think at the time, a few years ago, I wanted to be like everyone else. I wanted to be like all of the photographers I saw in the magazines. I'm like, Oh, I want to look like that. And of course I'd want to now, but Mm -hmm. I know that my voice would stand out so much more just being myself and doing the work that, that, you know, is more me than I would if I was just copying what someone else has done. You know, I mean, my, my motto is if it's been done before, why would you want to do it again? You know, like, especially if it's been been done well before, um, then there's really no point in just duplicating it because, you know, it's just, it's already been done really well. So, um, as far as just like pinpointing my style, I, so for the past couple of years, I've shot almost a hundred shoots per year. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's just trying new things, trying new lighting, trying different styles of makeup, which goes back to, you know, picking out teams. And I think now I've got an idea of like what type of makeup I want and what type of models I want. Like I'm always looking for interesting faces. I'm always looking for, you know, makeup artists who can kind of push the envelope in terms of like textures and colors and ideas. Um, and just kind of working with teams that have helped hone in that style has, um, helped me to kind of find my voice more in the beauty industry. I'm still finding it. I don't think we ever just like, okay, this is me now, you know, like I, I think it's always changing, but, um, I think what really helped me find that was just shooting so much. I would try stuff and if it would fail, then I just didn't, I didn't, you know, post it. There's like 40% of my shoots I don't share because I'm like, okay, it's, you know, it's a test. Um, it's something I'm just trying out just to see if it works. And maybe the lighting didn't work that day. And I'm like, okay, I just, I, now I know that that lighting doesn't really speak to me. Um, and that's just how it is. And I move on. So I think that's kind of helped hone in my, my style a lot. I love that. And I think what's so cool is, you know, you've, you, like you said, you really work hard and you haven't started doing a hundred shoots a year. I mean, that's a lot and yeah. a lot of trying new things out. And, uh, being that focused and being able to identify your lane is amazing because I think so many people have a mentality um, of, you know, I want to not narrow myself too much so that yeah. I don't narrow my pool of potential clients. Yet that on the con, it's it's actually the contrary because yeah. the tighter your niche, the more just attractive it is to the person. You're Absolutely, with. and you've been able yeah. to attract some. Inc- Incredible clients, and this past year's mm-hmm. been an amazing one for you, Jen. I mean, yeah. years, everyone from Kylie Cosmetics to Hourglass to ColourPop to just, I mean, amazing international publications like Elle Thank and Glamour. Yeah. It's amazing. So yeah, it's, you've really narrowed your niche, and you've done it really beautifully. And it surely hasn't held you back from being able to to get some of the de- the best clients that people just like totally dream of. So. I'm curious to know, I ask every single guest on our podcast this question. I'm, I want to know, what is the best piece of, I'm going to ask that again. Um, I want to know, what is the best piece of advice you've ever had? The best piece of advice? Yeah. Okay, this is going to sound really, really weird. 
And I'm, I'm sure most people are going to be like, okay, she's a freak. But honestly, <laughs> anytime I get negative feedback from anyone, like, so when I, when I was in Arkansas, I looked up to this one photographer at the time and he was a fashion photographer and he had traveled throughout the U S and was shooting like different publications and stuff, but he still lived in Arkansas. So one day I was on set with him and I asked him, you know, Hey, I think I'm going to move to LA soon. What, um, what, like, do you have any advice for me? Blah, blah, blah. And he, he looked at me and he said, LA is going to eat you up and spit you out. Like you are going to hate it. And you're, he literally told me you are going to fail. He's like, you are going to live out of your car. You're going to hate it. You're, it's not going to work for you. And I think having like, but that was his advice pushed me harder than anything would have ever. Because like, I just wanted to shove it back in his face and be like, screw you, dude. Like, you don't know me. I'm going to work 10 times harder than you. I'm going to push myself harder than you did. I'm going to make it happen just because you didn't. Cause I found out later, like it didn't, LA didn't work out for him. And I guess he was bitter because of it, which is fine. But like, um, I wanted to make it work so badly. And I think I just strive off of that kind of negative feedback because some people can just be cruel and and mean and and like I try to sometimes I let it pull me down and burden me but a lot of times I try to just let that fuel me even more to just prove people wrong because I mean as we know especially as women in this industry we are constantly told that we can't do it that we're not strong enough that we don't know enough people that you know we're not talented enough to to stand up to the men in this industry I mean especially in the photo industry it's it's primarily male dominated, especially in the beauty industry. Um, and some of my idols are, are men, but I think being a woman and being told by a man, like you can't do this, you can't make it happen. I just wanted to like give him a big middle finger and be like, Nope, gotta make it happen. And I'm going to make it a reality, you know? And like, that's, but like, that's kind of what like lit a fire under my butt was just being able to, to, tell him no. And it's not been easy. It hasn't, it hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows and easy and, you know, great. There's a lot of times even now that I fail, but it's that failure, failure that like helps me get back up and brush my, my shoulders off and be like, okay, I I can do this. Let's try again. You know? So I think that's oddly my best advice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Best advice is your worst advice. It is. Yeah. It's like just that negativity. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, let's make it happen. So, um, but I, uh, I am, but I think, you know, I think with me, the most, the person I'm most competitive with is myself. So that's why I do so many shoots a year. That's why I just constantly push myself because, I mean, you can ask my, my best friends, I'm my best friend, Jessica, um, she's a photographer and I will all the time send her images and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, what are you feeling? And she's like, Jen, I love it. And I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like it's not there yet. And then I end up not sharing it. And she's like, well, like, why, why do you have such a problem with that image? And I'm like, I don't know, just something's not right with it with myself. And it's because I'm just like my toughest critic, my biggest competition. So I'm constantly trying to improve myself and push myself and, you know, like just grow in that. Cause I, I don't ever want to be complacent in this industry. I don't ever want to be comfortable. I constantly want to, I, I use the fear and uncomfortable and nervous feelings that I get before a job to help fuel me, to make sure that I am on my toes and, and working as hard as I can, because Um, I think I'll realize that maybe this industry isn't for me if I ever get comfortable with it, you know, and if I ever feel like, okay, I'm at a place where I can't grow anymore because that's, that's not a good feeling. It's comfortable, but it's not a good feeling, you know? So I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm my biggest competition. I think that's, and that's not to sound, I know that sounds cocky. Obviously there's a lot of competition out there, but for me, it's, it's mostly with myself. I think it speaks to the whole mentality of like keeping your eyes on your own lane, you know, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Chapter two to someone else's chapter 20. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. With your own competition just means you just need to not also compare yourself because that's also a great way to get down on yourself too. Well, yeah. And let's be honest. Like I've been there plenty of times. I've, I'm even still, I will compare myself to others and I get, I get envious and jealous and it's not my best trait. It's not my best quality. And it's something I'm working on, but, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, especially with social media, you are bombarded with these constant like stories and posts of, Oh my gosh, you know, this person's succeeding in this and doing this. And you, you question, well, why am I not doing that? Why am I not to where they are yet? And I think it's a combination of, um, realizing that they've worked really hard to get where they are. And maybe you haven't worked as hard as you have. Like I look at myself constantly and think, have I pushed myself as much as they have? Probably not, you know, and then also realizing that we're all on different journeys just because someone else is younger than me and succeeding more doesn't mean that I'm failing. It just means that my journey is different and that's okay. That doesn't make it wrong. Like I try to remember sometimes, um, in, in times when I'm feeling down about myself or like, cause it happens a lot. Like I get, I get insecure a lot. And, and in those times I have to remember that someone else's, um, successes don't make them your failure. Like it's, Mm -hmm it's, you still have successes just because someone else is succeeding doesn't mean that you're not. It's just, you know, right. different opportunities for different people. And I have to remember that, that, you know, we all will have a chance to succeed if we push ourselves hard enough. And, and I mean, some of it is luck. Let's be honest. It's, it's a little bit of luck. Um, but I have to like really take a step back and think, okay, did I, did I work as hard as this person did? Did I commit myself as much as they did for a while? You know, did, did I, expand my thinking and my horizons as much as they did. And, and oftentimes the answer is no. And so I can't feel bitter and angry because they got a position over, over me. It's just, right. they, you know, they, they earned it. That's, you that know, it's them. Just, yeah, exactly. And good for them because like most of the time I'm so proud because, um, I have a lot of female friends in the industry and, and I get so excited you know, at the time I'm like, Ooh, I wish I got that job. But at the same time, I'm like, damn, good for them. You know, these are, these are women who are like owning it in the industry. And I know them, like, how cool is it that I can see my friends succeeding as well? And, you know, getting opportunities over people who have probably been doing this for 30 years and have shot everything under the sun. But now it's like, times are changing and and new people are coming in. And I'm so honored to be able to see that, to like see my friends growing and succeeding. And it's just like, it makes me want to be a cheerleader for them. You know, like I will slip and I'll fall and I'll be bitter sometimes and, you know, insecure, but I've got to, I've got to remember like that I need to cheer them on. They've cheered me on and I need to cheer them on too, because we're all in this together. Like we, there's more than enough opportunities to go around and I can't just let that moment of insecurity be, you know, their problem. That's not their fault. It's my fault that I'm feeling insecure, but instead I need to flip it and encourage them and be proud of them because it's exciting. It's exciting to see people succeed, especially when you know them, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious to know, because you were talking about having moments of insecurity and when you fall and, you know, so many people kind of tend to give up and uh, clearly... Yeah you have to push through it. Otherwise, you know, you won't get to the next level. So what are your tips to pushing through it? How do, what do you turn to, or what are your, what do you advise people to try next time they feel like giving up because they fail? Yeah. Um, so I, so two years ago I worked at Starbucks and I, uh, hated it. I really, really hated it. I was still shooting. I think I was working at Starbucks when we worked together. Um, and I just wasn't happy with where I was. I, I wanted to fully pursue photography. So one day I just quit. I, I didn't give him a week's notice. I just quit because I was just done. So I called my dad in tears and I said, dad, I, I just quit my job. I don't have rent and it's due in two weeks. What am I going to do? And he, so I was raised Christian. My family is Christian and I, I don't really talk a lot about my beliefs or, um, you know, what I turn to in hard times just because it's tumultuous times right now. People will get, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable or upset. But in this space, I'm going to share what has really gotten me through because um, my dad told me, he's like, the minute you give it up to God and know that he will, he will take care of things once you let go and stop trying to have control over every aspect of your life and just follow in his, in his footsteps and faith and know that he has a plan 
things will fall into place. He's like, just, just let it happen. And I was like, dad, like I have to be responsible. I have like, I'm 28 years old. I can't just like not, you know, try to be responsible and plan out for my future. But I, that night I just let go. And I said, you know what, this is, it's in my heart that I needed to quit my job and that everything will be okay. And within two days I had two bookings in my email for like photography gigs. And, and, and that's when it started picking up that I was like, okay, I can, you know, sure. It wasn't great money, but it was something that I could focus on and, and rely on instead of Starbucks, you know? Um, so every time that I feel like, you know, cause there's a lot of times that I question that this industry, especially as a freelance um, photographer, it's, it's constantly changing. There's ups and there's downs and there's like, it's either feast or famine. Some days I'm shooting every day. There's other times when I don't shoot for two weeks, you know, it's just, that's how this industry is. So, um, you know, I think having faith to turn to in those times and, and to remember, I mean, it doesn't matter who or what you believe in. I believe in God. You can believe in the universe. You can believe in Buddha. You can believe in literally anything, just giving it up to a higher power and knowing that the universe has a plan for you and like relinquishing control over those situations because you can't control the future. You can't control as much as you want to. You, you don't have power to control those things. So the more you let go and trust in your instincts and your gut and knowing that things are going to work out and keep pushing towards that, then they will. So it's, my dad just always reminds me, he's like, just let it go. Stop thinking about money. Stop thinking about what other people are doing and worrying about all of that. Because the minute you focus on yourself and improving yourself and improving your work, everything will fall into place. And it always does. It literally always does. Every time I'm like, oh my God, am I, you know, am I going to get this job? The minute I stop worrying about it and just go spend time with my fiance and my cat and like, just let go of everything, I'll get confirmed for a job. You know, it's just, it's just relinquishing control and not, you know, not giving up. There's times when I feel like quitting, but well, for, first of all, I know I'm not good at anything else. So if I quit, I would literally have to like go back to Starbucks, <laughs> but, but like, but you know, just, just having, I think faith is a big part of it, you know? And I, and I hope people don't think I'm hokey for, for saying that, but like, it really, yeah, I mean, it really, it brings peace. It really does. And it, and it doesn't matter what you believe in just having, having something to, to believe in that is, that is helping you on this path is so comforting. And, and I'm just so grateful to have, you know, my dad and my mom who are, who are there to just be like, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. That is just like, for me, that's the most comforting words. It's just like, it's okay. It will be okay. Um, cause I mean, yeah, we all want to quit at some point, but I just know this is what I love to do. This is my passion and I'm going to make it work. There's just no other option for me. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I've got like, praise the Lord emojis and praise yes. emojis. Like <laughs> I'm going right now. I, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, like you said, like whether you're Christian or it's the universe or it's Buddha, like you said, like that higher power, I do, I do believe that there, you have to believe in something bigger than yourself. Know that. Sure. Sure. You know, if you're really chasing what you know is your life's purpose, then even when your back is against the wall, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing's going to stop you. And it's, you know, I, I, I'm not the strongest Christian. I'm not the best Christian. I cuss, I drink, you know, like I'm not the perfect Christian, but I truly, like, I don't go to church. I don't read the Bible, but I believe in what I believe. And I, and I know for a fact that I've got a path that I have a calling and I'm going to make sure that, that, that that's what I follow, you know, because, um, cause it's been pulling at me ever since I was in high school, you know, and, and it's, it's something that I, I just eat, breathe and sleep beauty photography. That's all I, that's all I think about. I mean, obviously I think about food and (laughs) everything else, but like, you know, I, I really, this is my passion. And, and that's what people have to find too, is like, if you're questioning if this is really what you want to do or questioning if, if this is something that you should stay in, um, really self-reflect and really think about, you know, my dad has always told me, what is a job that 
would make you want to jump out of bed at three in the morning and ready to go? Like, what would that be? And for me, it's always been photography and you know, sure. It's tough to get out of bed at 4am, which I've had to do for call times. But mm-hmm. if you're not, if your heart isn't in it, if your heart is not a hundred percent in it, find something else because I can tell you, and it, this sucks, but you, you know, use it towards motivation that there's always going to be someone who is working harder than you, who's better than you, who is smarter than you, who knows more people than you, who's more talented than you. Those people are going to get more opportunities than you. That's just the the fact of it. But if you're going to let that discourage you, then, then find something else that you're passionate about, because there's always going to be that person who's working harder and will make it happen. And, you know, it's, it's just about pushing through that. And, you know, then one day you can be the person that's working harder than everyone else. And, you know, is focusing more than everyone else, but just finding what your life's purpose is and focusing on that is really going to make it easier too to, to reach your goals. Cause, I mean, I realized like Starbucks wasn't my passion. I love coffee, but that wasn't my passion, you know, like, and that's why I wasn't enjoying it. I was good at it, but that's not what, you know, that's not what I was meant to do. So, um, I think that just helps, you know, it's easier to meet your goals when you're, when you're good at something and you're willing to put 110% into it. So, and that, I haven't been able to put 110% into anything else in my life except for, you know, my, my work, my photography. And that's, that's something that I know I'm, I'm good at. That's when I realized, okay, this is my calling is when I was sacrificing everything just to make it work, you know, and was moving away from family and didn't, I didn't know anyone in LA. I knew my boyfriend at the time, but well, he's my fiance now, but we were, you know, we were just dating at the time. And, and, uh, he was the only person I knew and I was willing to sacrifice everything just to move out there to make it work, you know, and like was moving away from friends and family. And I, I had literally, I had $500 in my pocket. I don't think Jeff knows that, but like $500 (laughs) in my pocket was like, okay, let's do this. You know? So it's, um, yeah, it's just about pushing, pushing through it. I love that. That's awesome. So, uh, amazing advice. I mean, if anyone takes anything away from this podcast today, I hope it's that and it's recognizing and chasing your life's purpose and passion and recognizing and self-reflecting on really truly what that is so that yeah. you can focus on it because every day you waste not chasing that is just another day wasted, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's that time for a beauty blooper brought to you by CelebrityScience.com, making you the leading brand in your category. To lighten the mood a bit, we have this really funny uh, segment that I always get a kick out of hearing people. Oh, God. (laughs) We call this the beauty blooper. So I want to hear about uh, your time that you maybe tried something out beauty wise, either on yourself, it can be personal beauty blooper. It can be on set work related, but something that you tried that did not go according to plan. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like blooper should be like my middle name because there's just like, there's too many stories to tell. Like I am the most clumsy, like airhead person on set. I'm just, I think I get too like you know, I want to have fun and like, we're, we're all goofy on set. I mean, we've worked together, you know, it's just kind of like, (laughs) just kind of like hanging out and whatever, but there's been times when I've totally like screwed up. Um, so one time this probably isn't very funny, but I can look on it now, like look back on it now and laugh. Um, so this one time I was doing a shoot with this amazing model, Caitlin Lawson. Um, she's one of my dear friends and model. Um, she and I were shooting this macro eye series with, um, makeup artist Jaden Yo, and she's one of my best friends as well. And, um, we were just hanging out in my apartment shooting these macro eye shots with like super intricate, like paint splatters and glitter and just like all over the place, just crazy abstract. Jaden was like, just having the time of her life being artistic. That's just what she's good at. And, um, we take the first shots and it looks amazing. So we shoot for like 15 minutes, just this one eye that she spent probably an hour and a half on. And 
we were like, oh my God, this looks amazing. It looks great. So they went into the bathroom, wiped off the makeup, and then we're starting on look two. When I noticed on my camera that I had some photos from another series on my card. So I'm like, oh, no biggie. I can just like lock in the photos that we just shot from this shoot onto my card and then erase, erase the other ones. Well, okay. Mind you, this is a couple years ago. Um, this was a big learning experience because when I went to format the card, formatting your card on your camera means no matter what is locked or anything, it will wipe the whole card clean. So I pressed format instead of just clear card. Well, since I pressed format, everything was deleted. So I'm like, oh my God, all of the images are gone. What we just shot is totally gone. So I had to go in there and was like, I mean, I had tears in my eyes and they were like, what happened? And I'm like, uh, and Caitlin was just like, did you delete all the photos? And I'm like, yeah. So we, they were just cracking up about it. I was crying because I was so upset. <laughs> Jaden was like, it's no biggie. It's fine. I'll just go ahead and like, let me just read you this. I am like, I'm thinking Jaden, this took you in an hour and a half. Like, how are you going to replicate it? She did it in 10 minutes and it looked better than the first time. Wow. Like, I don't, I don't know how she did it. Like to this day, I'm still in awe of her, but they were so nice about it, but I was just like, I felt so, oh my God, it was the worst feeling ever. I mean, thank God it wasn't like a client shoot, but you know, it's still like, it's (laughs) poor teams. It's just frustrating. (laughs) So that was a big learning experience to never press the format button um, (laughs) when you need to just um, delete just a few images. So that was one of my biggest like whoopsie moments. Yeah. is quite the beauty blooper. <laughs> no doubt about it. I died. Oh my God. It was awful. Like, again, thank God it wasn't a client shoot. Like, can you imagine? I would have, oh, I don't even God. want to think about what would have happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I yeah. love it. Um, so to kind of summarize here and to wrap it up, you know, we, you've given some amazing nuggets, some incredible advice. Is there one parting piece of advice, one parting thought that you would love to share with our listeners today? Um, I like to tell people to keep the dream alive because, um, it's easy to get discouraged, especially with like today's just society and everything going on, I think it's easy to just think, well, my dreams aren't achievable right now. It's too much money or it's too hard or, you know, I've got a family or I've got things to, I've got bills to pay and things to do, but, but really keep the dream alive. Even if it's just, you know, just a little flicker of something that you're focusing on, you know, I I think keeping those passions at the forefront of your mind and really pushing for them to make them a reality is, is going to make your old, like just your whole life feel more, um, what's the word, just, you know, more fulfilling because you're, you're working towards what you love and it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, if it's decorating cupcakes or something like do that, do what you want to do. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't, because if I had listened to all the people that told me that I couldn't do something or that I wouldn't be able to do something or that I wasn't, rich enough, talented enough, you know, smart enough, I didn't know enough people, then I, then I surely would have failed. But the fact is like, I kind of tuned that out or used it to my advantage and used it to feel me. Um, so just don't listen to the naysayers and people who just want to like bring you down and make you feel smaller than you are because, um, because it's just not true. Like your, your dream and your passion is just as accessible as anybody else's and you can make it happen. I mean, I've seen plenty of people who have started with nothing and now have made everything in their life a reality because they've manifested it, you know, and that, that's what it's about. It's just manifesting it and making it a reality if that's what you love. So I love that'd it. be my advice. Manifest that destiny. Sister. Yes. Manifesting destiny. What is something new that you're working towards or something that you're excited about for 2018? So this is pretty new news, but I just shot for CoverGirl for, um, yeah, for their, I believe it's for their spring collection. Um, so that'll be in stores soon. That was, it was, I mean, it still just like gives me goosebumps thinking about it because I'm just a girl from Arkansas. Like I never, 
never would have expected myself to be um, shooting for CoverGirl. I mean, I remember looking at the advertising in magazines and thinking, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. And like cutting it out and putting it on the front of my binder, you know, and um, so that's a destiny moment right there. I mean, yeah, it was, it's just surreal. And I, I really have to like, thank my agency for helping make that happen because, um, they've pushed so hard for me and they've, they've really believed in me since day one. Um, so I think for 2018, I'm just going to manifest it and just put it out in the universe. I want to shoot for Harper's Bazaar this year, not us, but international. That would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. and just growing with more campaigns. I mean, I'm so grateful to have shot with some of the best clients I could have ever asked for. And I, I just want to, to keep that momentum going. I mean, I, you know, shooting for cover goal is amazing, but I would be just as grateful to shoot for some of my smaller clients tomorrow. You know, it's, it's just about, I'm just grateful to be working in this industry. I mean, I'm, I'm doing what I love for a living. And I just knowing that just makes every day, just like amazing, you know? So, um, just having more beauty clients under my belt would be great. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't have anything right now pending, but we'll see. I mean, my, I feel like my agency is always surprising me with like, Oh, by the way, you're on hold for this job and this job. I'm like, Oh, great. Okay. Um, (laughs) so we'll see. I mean, it could change tomorrow, but I think just kind of like, I just want to grow. I just want to grow in myself and, grow in my, in my business and see what happens. So, so yeah. awesome. Well, congratulations. I cannot wait to keep Thank my you. eyes on your cover girl spring. <laughs> Huge. Thank you. So many more amazing, exciting, awesome opportunities on the horizon for you. You're a beautiful spirit, a beautiful soul. Thank you. You do beautiful work. So there's nothing but greatness ahead for you because there's nothing but greatness behind you. And I'm so proud to be able to call you a friend. And I'm so yes. thankful for you spending oh my God. podcast today. Thank you so much for asking me. This has been such a treat. I just love you to death. Thank you for, <laughs> for keeping in touch with me and just, you know, supporting me and being my cheerleader through the years. I just oh. really appreciate that. Always, girl, always. And Thank I'm going to put links to Jen's social media and um, website and all that good stuff in the description for you guys. So I hope you were just as inspired by... Jen's words as I am. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time on the Beauty Boss Podcast. OMG, use a boss. Beauty Boss Network. Come on, slay, boss. This episode is brought to you by Must Have. More than makeup. My must have, must have of the week is my mood therapy mask. Boost your mood with a must have face mask. Check it out on their Instagram account at must have underscore USA. That's at M-U-S-T-A-E-V underscore USA. This is the EWN Podcast Network.